0: The Old Testament reading for this morning is taken from the book of the prophet Isaiah. I know it says specific verses in your bulletin, but in working with this, it's just a few more. I'm going to read the whole thing. This is chapter 61, prophet Isaiah. He wrote these things. The Spirit of God the Master is on me because God anointed me. He sent me to preach good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, announce freedom to all captives, pardon all prisoners. God sent me to announce the year of His grace, a celebration of God's destruction of our enemies and to comfort all who mourn, to care for the needs of all who mourn in Zion, give them bouquets of roses instead of ashes, messages of joy instead of news of doom, a praising heart instead of a languid spirit, Rename them Oaks of Righteousness, planted by God to display his glory. They'll rebuild the old ruins, raise a new city out of the wreckage. They'll start over on the ruined cities, take the rubble left behind and make it new. You'll hire outsiders to herd your flocks and foreigners to work your fields. But you'll have the title Priests of God, honored as ministers of our God. You'll feast on the bounty of nations, you'll bask in their glory, because you got a double dose dose of trouble and more than your share of contempt. Your inheritance in the land will be doubled and your joy will go on forever. Because I, God, love fair dealing and hate thievery and crime, I'll pay your wages on time and in full and establish my eternal covenant with you. Your descendants will become well known all over. Your children in foreign countries will be recognized at once as the people that I have blessed. I will sing for joy in God, explode in praise from deep in my soul. He dressed me up in a suit of salvation. He outfitted me in a robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom who puts on a tuxedo and a bride a jeweled tiara. For as the earth bursts with spring wildflowers and as a garden cascades with blossoms, So the master God brings righteousness into full bloom and puts praise on display before the nations. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? O God of Advent, pour your Holy Spirit on us as you did so long ago so that we may be bearers of your good news to those who are oppressed. Anoint us with your spirit of hope, so that we may heal the brokenhearted. Make this be the day where your glory is shown all around. Open our ears, our hearts, and minds to your word for us this day. Amen. In Tennessee Williams' play, Sweet Bird of Youth, the heckler says to Miss Lucy, I believe that the silence of God, the absolute speechlessness of God is a long, long and awful thing. The late Carlisle Marnie retired from his church in Charlotte, North Carolina, and went to Wolf Pen Mountain. There he waited for God to say something. He confessed that he had figured if he could get some time completely away from his preaching, his church work, and his worldly obligations, that God would just really jabber away. And after five years of waiting, hiking, hoeing, splitting wood, sleeping, praying, studying, he finally reasoned that God had had ample time. But the inscrutable silence simply pushed him back on his own resources, memories, and ideals that he already had. And with great certainty, he said, it's as if God has said all God intends to say. Sometimes the speechlessness of God can be a long and awful thing. And this silence often creates much doubt in communities about whether God has any coming salvation or not. The historical backdrop for this text from Isaiah is similar. I think it helps us to understand the incredible amount of hope embodied in this promise from Isaiah that God will finally break God's silence, dress up God's people, and indeed give them some place to go. You see, Jerusalem had been destroyed, absolutely leveled, in 587 B.C. by the armies of Babylon. And much of the population had been marched off to the Tigris and Euphrates river valleys, and there they had lived in exile for the next 50 to 70 years or so. It wasn't until the rise of Cyrus of Persia who was kind of the spirit of Abraham Lincoln of the ancient Middle East, where he said, go home, that they were freed to return to their homeland. And as they returned with renewed optimism, the mood soon changed. Because, you see, life was tough. Their optimism was immediately challenged by big economic problems. With few financial resources, not much food, really harsh weather conditions, people found their task of rebuilding their once glorious and proud homeland next to impossible. They came home to an abandoned city, completely in ruins. And God seemed to be silent. You see, God had made promises and the people had believed them, But what they had been promised just didn't seem to come to pass. Now, God had indeed seen them safely back home. But this new life fell far short of what the prophets in exile had helped them to envision. And it is into this disappointment that the prophet Isaiah spoke God's word. You see, Israel seemed to be a poorly dressed people with no place to go, believing in a God who, it seemed, had quit speaking to them. This scripture, like the season of Advent and Christmas, calls out the potential for a transformation. God breaks the silence, dresses up God's people like a wedding party, and proclaims salvation. You see, everything quite suddenly changes. The watching nations see God come alive in the lives of the people. Israel will be turned into a display of beauty. The rags and humble surroundings have become the dignity and glory of this beleaguered nation. Because God is at work once again. And a wellspring of hope is rising from the ruins and remains of their prior defeat. From her history comes this marriage that will produce a child, that will usher in salvation for all people. There is no need to hide or to be ashamed. So hear this this morning. We have been clothed. We have been made beautiful. I really think there are few sentiments sadder all dressed up and no place to go. The rest of the world can see our Christmas lights, our candles, our beautiful music, presents, and to them it appears that we have been redeemed. So what next? What do we do now? I think that just as God broke through the silence experienced by desperate people, God now expects us to to break through the silence experienced by many in our world today. Isaiah hammers home the message, God redeems not just for the sake of Jerusalem alone. The ones dressed up in clothes made from the love and presence of God are to become human agents of transformation to God's world. We are not only all dressed up folks, we have somewhere to go. We are not to stand quietly in the walls of the church singing Silent Night like it holds some distant, glorious memory for us. While our friends die of cancer and the world continues to struggle under the weight of hunger and war. We are called now, more than ever, to break our silence so all may be met in the great tragedies of life with words and a spirit of hope. We need to break the silence and indifference of our privileged positions to help others to recover from the pain and suffering of their past. And we need to be ever mindful of our own attitudes in the process. So the word for today is joy. Three women arrived at the pearly gates at the very same time. And St. Peter came but said he had some pressing business, and would they please wait? So he was gone for quite a long time, but he finally came back and called one of the women and asked her if she had minded waiting. Oh no, she said. I've looked forward to this for quite a long time. I love God. I can't wait to meet Jesus. I don't mind at all. Well, St. Peter said, well, I have one more question. How do you spell God? And she said, well, capital G-O-D. And St. Peter said, go right on in. So he went out and got one of the other women and told her to come on inside. And he said, did you mind waiting? And she said, oh, no. I've been a Christian for 50 years. I'll spend eternity here. I don't mind at all. So St. Peter said, okay, well, just one more thing. How do you spell God? She said, G-O-D. Oh no, I mean capital G. And St. Peter said, oh, that's good. And sent her on into heaven. And he went back out and invited the third woman in and asked her if she minded waiting. She said, well, yes, I did. I've had to stand in line all of my life. At the supermarket, when I went to school, when I registered my children for school, when I went to the movies, everywhere. And I really resent having to wait in line for heaven. So St. Peter said, well, it's all right for you to feel that way. It won't be held against you, but there's just one more question. How do you spell Czechoslovakia? (laughs) You're all sitting out there trying to spell Czechoslovakia. (laughs) I'll wait. (laughs) Folks, we are living in the year of the Lord's favor. We're living in the light of the Star of Bethlehem. And even in our waiting, our hearts should swell with joy, for Christ is born. We stand dressed in God's salvation and righteousness. God, Christ is born. The party has already begun. We've been clothed, protected, and made beautiful. We've been set free and forgiven. We have been dressed up. Please, let us never, ever forget that we also have somewhere to go. Amen.